you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. It's up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by the my, by homie uh, Skylar Callahan, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets. You can find his work on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can find all the stuff that I'm into at Des, D-E-Z underscore 3505 or at Tobacco Radio. A couple of uh, news and notes we've got some uh, from the, uh, excuse me, from the Panthers from this week that we'll touch on some in Thomas news. Um, there's a new Panthers play-by-play radio voice that was selected uh, right before we decided to go on. Uh, Skyler will give you his mock draft first-round pick of the week. And is it possible that Cam Newton might still be an option for the Panthers? We had heard that this is probably it, but now there's some signs showing that he may still be an option for the Panthers into the fall. So we'll tuck into all of that as you sit down and relax and get into this newest episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Before we go any further, though, I need to give you a word from one of our sponsors at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for pro and college troops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage that is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. As I bring in my co-host, Skylar Callahan. Uh, Skylar, it's kind of a light week in terms of uh, news from the Carolina Panthers except for one in Thomas who uh, makes his second appearance on the believe in Carolina Panthers podcast in as many weeks. Um, this actually just dropped in last night. Uh, Panthers in Thomas facing five misdemeanor charges uh, for those that aren't in the know for what's what happened here. Um, he just signed an ex- a three-year extension with the Panthers last week, like right before we went on the air uh, it has to do with him attempting to escape police on a dirt bike in July. So according to the police report obtained by ESPN, Thomas was placed under arrest for failure to heed blue lights and sirens, reckless driving and operating an uninsured, unregistered dirt bike after taking off at a traffic stop north of Charlotte in Huntersville, North Carolina. This came out on Monday, three days after Thomas received the three-year $16.95 million deal to avoid becoming a free agent. 
the, uh, a team spokesman said the team was aware of the matter and notified the league at the time that the incident occurred. Uh, the Panthers just said through a team spokesperson, since this is a pending legal matter, we won't have any further comment at the time. Thomas is 25 years old. He was a fourth round pick out of Indiana in 2018. He's, he hasn't really been the receiving option that they hoped he would be when he first came in. Uh, but uh, according to the Panthers, his, his ability to block was the, one of the reasons why they were able to extend him. What are your thoughts on this, Skylar, that uh, A, that Thomas did this, and B, that the Panthers knew about this already and have known about it since it happened back in July, and were, apparently they were okay with it enough to give him $16 million. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I've always been told about stuff like this is never judge until you know all the facts. And right now, we just we know some facts. We don't know all of it. And I believe it was either Thomas's was it his, his attorney or his agent that came out and said that they were going to do something in court that this may end up being essentially nothing anyways. I don't remember who it was that came out. I think it was his attorney, but I could be wrong. I could probably dig that up. Uh, I mean, there, there are five misdemeanor charges, so I'm sure that he could probably get out of it fairly easily by, I don't know, community service, uh, first-time offender, you know, paying a fine, that kind of thing. Um, clearly, yeah. he's got the cash to oh, – yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely good now. <laughs> he's definitely flush think... with cash for, uh, for police fines. I think more than anything, it's it's just kind of like it's odd the timing of all this. You know, like I, I don't know when maybe these records became public. I, I don't generally they they kind of come in situations like this. They're they're like public fairly quickly, but I don't know if this was just something that had recently been posted. I when I when I first heard the news, I, I did some digging and and I got the the same document probably everybody else did. Uh, that listed the the five charges and and the date that he was arrested, like the just the entire report. But I don't know when that report became available. Um, all it said on the report that he was arrested on July twelfth. So I, I don't I don't think there's there's much to be made here. Honestly, I mean, it's did he do something wrong? I mean, obviously yes, because he wouldn't have got arrested if not. But I, I don't know if it's anything to to be concerned about, worried about. I don't think that this is going to be something you have to be concerned with, with Ian moving forward. I mean, I think this yeah. is kind of a, something happened and he probably panicked at the time. And, and I think it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I, again, the Panthers were aware of this. Um, so for them to, to sign him to a three-year deal, obviously they don't think that it's going to be any type of lingering issue. Right. Cause this happened in July. So they've, had, they went the whole I mean, he season. Games. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he played the whole season, you know. So they clearly, whatever this is, I just thought it was odd that his name popped up again a full six days after we had just spent part of a podcast episode talking about uh, him signing a new deal, um, where most of it's front loaded. He's getting most of this uh, in year one, but um, we we probably should discuss whether or not Ian Thomas should have been re-signed because I would think that they would want to give more reps to Tommy Trimble, you know, someone that they they kind of had their eyes on as a, a gadget guy, a guy that can kind of line up in different spots, kind of like the way Curtis Samuel was doing uh, the year prior. Um, but but clearly they respect the end times' blocking ability. I don't know if they're going to run two tight end sets or things of that sort, which would actually be kind of cool if they did, but we haven't seen that in, in uh, Carolina since the 2011 season, Cam's rookie year with uh, Greg Olson and uh, Jeremy Shockey, which was a pretty fun uh, offense that they had going on uh that year but 
Um, I mean, did you think they just basically re-signed Ian to to be a blocking tight end? I think so, essentially. Um, just because when you when you look at what he's done over his four years, I mean, obviously he's not developed into the guy that they thought he would be. But I, I never thought he would turn into that guy. I, and I think we've been doing this for two years, you know, this show where I've been on your show for two years. And I've always said I, I don't think Ian Thomas is ever going to get there. He's he's never he, – he has some of the skills to do it, but he's never shown that he's capable of doing it. Even going back to his days at Indiana, he was never the – he was never like a receiving threat to, to opposing defenses. So – He's got the ability. He's been working at it. I think he has gotten a little bit better. Um, but to bring back somebody that's already been here and has been in this this organization for four years now, I think it it makes sense. Now, the sixteen million part, I kind of have a little bit of a hard time with. I think that's a little too steep. Yeah, they didn't even kick the tires on any other free agents. They just they they, this before he became a free agent. Yeah. This is a very deep tight end class, mm-hmm. free, free agent class, I should say. And, I mean, it's it, it's kind of interesting for them to say, let's not even entertain any of these other free agents. Let's just bring back Ian Thomas. Now, they still might, but, I mean, it doesn't make sense, I wouldn't think, to sign a guy to a three-year deal, plus have Tommy Tremble, and then go get another free agent tight end. Now, it won't be – if they do, it's going to be somebody that's going to be in that number three role. But – I think what this does, it, it, it brings back somebody that has familiarity with the offense. Now it's it's obviously going to change to a certain extent with the new coordinator and whatnot, but right. it, it's going to allow, like you said, Tommy Tremble to do a whole bunch of things. Tommy Tremble can't do all these, you know, this this myriad of different things if if he's primarily having to line up at tight end. So I think it, it does open some things for Tremble. And it I think it also is, is kind of a, a security blanket to where – if Tremble doesn't develop like they think, they actually, they still have Ian Thomas because their contracts run out at the same time. That's true. That's true. So um, we'll see what the Panthers have planned with uh, Ian Thomas. I, I, Panther fans, I wouldn't take too much note of this uh, these charges against Ian Thomas. It sounds like it's going to be taken care of in court fairly quickly and probably be off of our radars here uh, before the week is over. The other main news coming out of Panthers camp uh, this week uh, actually just dropped uh, this morning, uh, Darren Gant reporting Anish Shroff named new Panthers play-by-play announcer. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, he just recently called the uh, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl last December at uh, Bank of America Stadium between uh, South Carolina and North Carolina. South Carolina picking up the win there. Um, he is from, well, he's lived in Charlotte the past 10 years. He's actually worked for ESPN uh, at their Ballantine Studios for the past 10 years. Um, he... We'll take over for Mick Mixon, who um, retired at the end of the 2021 season. Longtime Panthers play-by-play voice, a uh, friend of mine. I've known Mick for three or four years now. Uh, I've had him on my show on Tobacco Road Sports Radio numerous times, always willing to come on and talk Panthers. Uh, I could tell this year in particular, though, with the Panthers losing as much as they did, he didn't have as much fun as he probably would have thought he would have going into his final year. Uh, it kind of was like a well, it was a roller coaster. If the roller coaster is just you go up one hill and then you're just constantly going down <laughs> for like the whole rest of the year. So he uh told me he was you know retiring, we went off with his wife. They're still in North Carolina, he's got a little farm, he's gonna do some farming, uh, and just basically enjoy retired life. Meanwhile, Shroff's 39 years of age, um, comes in and will be calling games. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Don't they like 
they like kind of divide the games in half. So Jake does, does like half of them and Jordan does the other half as color commentators. I believe so. I could be wrong on that. I, I don't know about Jordan because I've never I've never seen Jordan at the games. Now that's not to say he's there and I just didn't see him. But I have seen Jake Delhomme, especially on the road trips. Now maybe Jordan's there for the home games. I'm not really sure how that works. He might be. Yeah, and actually I need to get on it in terms of uh, they haven't opened up the media stuff for 2022 yet, have they? Because I still need to put in my request so I can start going down there on Sundays myself. I don't believe they have. Huh? Yeah. I'll keep an eye because they didn't have it up there for 2020 and then they kind of snuck it in there on 2021. And I noticed it's back now on the website so I can go in and actually apply uh, for myself. So um, the looking at Shroff's uh, resume, graduate from Syracuse's Newhouse School, uh, really prestigious. Excuse me. I can't talk today. Really uh, prestigious. I cannot talk today. <laughs> prestigious. <laughs> prestigious thank you very much <laughs> prestigious broadcasting school he's worked his way up the ladder at espn since 2008 um seems like a really good hire here everything i've seen on twitter has been very positive very good about the hire he uh something i thought was really interesting in today's climate though uh shroff is a first generation immigrant his family came over from india in 1970s uh he's the only minority play-by-play radio voice currently in the nfl that, that is remarkable to me. Yeah, that, you know, I never even thought about that before. But, yeah, he will become the first. Well, not the first. He'll be the only uh, currently in the NFL. That's that's insane to me that there, there aren't more minorities uh, in play-by-play positions on the radio for these 32 teams. I mean, it's it's shocking, but it's not in a way. I mean, it's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the NFL. It's it's I mean, there's there's been a whole bunch of issues with this, like with the co- NFL head coaching hires. Even coordinator, even coordinators, like there's just not enough minorities in these roles, and really, you just don't even think about like radio play-by-play guys. I mean, I I, I would have just assumed there would be at least a few, but for him to be the only one, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's a that's a start. I mean, that's yeah. that's, and and I think with all the stuff that's come out recently about Brian Flores, and you always want to to give everybody an opportunity. But I think to to be the one to actually give somebody that opportunity that is a minority, I think that's that's tremendous, and I think that's great by the Carolina Panthers to be. I don't know if they're the first to ever to do this, but uh, to be the, the only one right now in the NFL. And I, I love Anish Shroff. I think he's mm-hmm. he's great. I, I've listened. He's called a number of West Virginia football games, um, so obviously I've I've heard his voice a lot. Um, He's he's like you said he did the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. He's done a, a lot of th- things throughout the years. Yeah. And I'm just shocked, kind of that they they kind of went out of the the Panthers' house. I guess you could say I, there was a couple of people that I thought already in place that they may just promote. Yeah. But uh, I, I think Anish is a great hire, and he he's going to be someone that I think the fans will, will adore for years to come. I you know I I echo that. I agree. Um, I thought they were grooming. Uh, Taylor Zarzer to take over this. Um, yeah. Taylor or, or Jim as well. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess they'll be on the TV broadcast, but the TV broadcast, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that's just the preseason games. They don't have a local Panther broadcast. It goes to, you know, Fox or CBS or wherever. It's just those four or five preseason games in the beginning where you get to see Taylor and, and Steve uh, on the TV side. I thought maybe they might move Steve over to radio, uh, kind of take over that uh, – kind of color analyst type role. Um, but no, apparently they're going to keep them on the TV side and uh, that probably fits with their schedules as well. But uh, congratulations to 
uh, our new play-by-play voice of the Carolina Panthers, Anish Shroff. Um, so he'll be starting here in just a bit. Very familiar with Car- uh, Charlotte, him, his wife, and uh, daughter. They've lived here for 10 years. So uh, if you see him out in the streets, you know, tell him congratulations. And uh, hopefully we'll have something to cheer about in 2022. <laughs> um, hopefully he comes in and he's a good luck charm and uh, we rattle off a whole bunch of wins. Um we're at the halfway point here. Me and Skylar always joke each week that this episode is going to be such and such uh, amount of time. We kind of knew this is going to be a, a, a shrunken down version of an episode. But um, before we get to the last two things here, I do need to read off another sponsor. And that is from Athletic Greens. Uh, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that's top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. Uh, There's one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Two more items of note from this week. Um, Before we get into... Some quarterback talk here from a familiar face. Uh, Skyler, we started doing this each week because you were doing this as a column for your Sports Illustrated beat with the Panthers, uh, where you're basically picking a first-round pick in a mock draft uh, each week. We decided to figure out who you had picked each week leading up into the draft, and we're up to a, uh, a new week here. So for the week of March the 1st, 2022, who is Skyler Callahan's mock draft first-round selection for the Carolina Panthers, picking six there on the clock. So I've got the Panthers still taking Charles Cross. <laughs> <It's boring. laughs> Everything I'm hearing is telling me they want an offensive lineman. And, and I've said a couple of times now that they do like Kenny Pickett and they like him a lot. But I think even they understand that taking Pickett at six is a little bit of a reach. And if the offensive lineman of their choice is still available or linemen of choice are available – they're going to take one of those guys. And Charles Cross, just it, it, it seems like he's going to be the guy that's still there. I think Icky Aquano from NC State, he's he might go number one overall. I, I don't yeah. know. I've seen a lot of mock drafts have him go number one to Jacksonville, Evan Neal. So those two guys are probably going to be off the board by the time Carolina gets to, numbers, or gets to be on the clock. Charles Cross could be off the board, depending. I think New York, the, uh, the Giants could be a spot. Um sitting in front of Carolina, but I think he's going to make it to six. And I think he's just the best choice for them. If not, they still may take an offensive lineman. Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa could be an option. Um, I don't really see them taking a center at number six. So we'll have to see. I think it's going to be an offensive tackle at number six. It's, that's everything that I've been hearing. But since it's, it's basically the same pick as last week, I'll go ahead and, and just highlight a couple of these other picks really quick. Mm-hmm. In the fourth round, I've got them taking uh, Boston College Center Alec Lindstrom, which this is this is a tremendous value pick. If if Lindstrom does slide to the fourth round, which is very possible, 
I mean, this is a guy that they could take and he could be plugged in into that starting lineup from day one. I really believe he is that good of a, a center. And for for the Panthers, it works out great. Matt Paradis is going to be a free agent. You don't have to spend millions of dollars on him. You can bring in a cheaper option. Save that money for somewhere else. Uh, fifth round, I got Wisconsin linebacker Leo Chanel. 115 tackles, 18, or 18 and a half tackles for loss, and eight sacks this past season. So the dude lives in the backfield. They do need another linebacker, even if Hassan Reddick doesn't come back. And then uh, the only other guy that I'll talk about here, I'll go clear to the seventh round since no one ever really talks about these guys. Nice. But I'm going to go with Western Michigan edge Ali Fayad. This dude is fun to watch. If you have not heard of this guy, go on to YouTube or go on the interweb somewhere and type in this guy's name, Ali Fayad, and just watch his highlight reel. It is phenomenal. And I, I know we're talking about a seventh-round guy here, but, man, he is so fun to watch. 159 tackles, 53 tackles for loss, and 28-and-a-half tackles – or in 28-and-a-half sacks in his five years at Western Michigan. The dude was unbelievable. Had 12 sacks this past year. He is so quick. He's got a, a great burst. He's kind of a hybrid guy. He can be a 3-4 outside linebacker and edge on a 4-3. It's a perfect fit, I think. I don't know if he's going to – I mean, I think the closer we get to the draft, he may be end up being a six-round guy. But Ali Fiat out of Western Michigan, the seventh-rounder for the Panthers. Sounds almost like a uh, a Jeremy Chin type situation where they can kind of plug and play him in different spots. And I do remember uh, Matt Rule being very high on guys that they can play at different positions. Uh, that was the one thing that I've taken from him, that he likes to have guys that can do – multiple things and not just one thing really really well um you're the charles cross pick i'm starting to see the panthers attached to charles cross a lot uh in different drafts i think i saw mel kuyper with him at uh number six also um he fits the mold for what uh what matt rule has claimed he wants uh in a in a offensive lineman length athleticism he only gave up two sacks last year uh he, he did not allow a single quarterback hit in 2021 and that's playing in the SEC, so that's pretty, pretty uh, flashy right there. Uh, he's pretty explosive. He's got a little nasty streak to him. Um, also, a lot of people claim that he already looks NFL ready in terms of his technique and things of that sort. So, um, my only thing is Mississippi State kind of plays a, a full blown air raid type of offense. Yep. So I'm not sure how he is in run blocking, but. Uh, to, for to him to go six, like if you're picking an offensive lineman in the top ten, to me he's got to be able to do everything, like like everything you want for like the next decade. Like you're you're basically not looking to replace this guy in three years or four years if you're taking an offensive lineman in the first uh, you know ten picks of the draft. So that would be my thought. I still feel like that you can build an offensive line in the later rounds of the draft. The only problem is the Panthers don't have a second and third round pick right now at the moment, and they may be forced to go best talent available, and that might very well be an offensive lineman um, when they get to that pick, I still feel like they're going to trade down. Like, I just feel like they can, I keep seeing guys like Kenny Pickett, Link Willis, these quarterbacks that are kind of interesting. I keep seeing them right after the top 10. So I feel like maybe Carolina's looking at that. And if they really, we talked about this last week, if they really uh, are falling in love with say Kenny Pickett, I'm seeing them getting drafted around 11, 12, 13, I'm seeing Malik Willis like around – I keep seeing him attached to the Steelers, and that's like around 17, 18, 19. So the, if the Panthers can get a second-round pick out of this and trade out a six down to 
10, some of these guys are still going to be on the board, I think. Um, Cross might still on the old board at 10, actually, the way that these drafts play out. You know there's going to be a run on quarterbacks, like, right at the beginning. No matter how good or bad they are, some of these quarterbacks are going to get pushed up into the top 10 that probably shouldn't be there. So we'll see, but that's uh, right now. So uh, for a second week in a row, uh, Cross comes in first on Skyler's mock draft we'll see if he can keep the streak going for uh for week three next week and see if uh if charles cross becomes our future left tackle if that's the case where do you move brady christensen can't he play multiple positions besides left tackle i, I or, think or no. they they've been very very uh open to, to playing him multiple spots obviously i mean they, they kind of had him all over the place in his rookie year i think he can play guard um i, I don't know if see the biggest question to me is i mean he's always been a tackle he's always been a tackle and I don't know that he's as physical as you would want your guard to be, but I think that's something that could come with time. And, I mean, they've seen him play at guard. They've seen him do it in a game, regular season game. So I think they've got they've got something there with him. But I think Charles Cross, like, again, the run blocking thing with him, that, yes, that could be a concern. But I think if he's clearly the best – in my opinion, he's the best pure – pass protector in the end in, in this draft class now some of that might be just be, because of like you said the offense they run the air rate some of that stuff like there's a lot of dinks and dunks in that offense so some of that could be hidden a little bit but there is some stuff that they they do that develops down the field and takes a little longer to, to develop that you can see he can hold his own and, and protect the quarterback so i do i do like charles cross um I don't know if they're going to trade back. I I understand the logic behind it, especially if you if you want to get a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or just for the simple fact you want to get more picks. But I, I just get this feeling like th- that they're, they're going to stay at six no matter who's on the board. I, I really do. Because when Scott Fitter was with met with the media like shortly after the season ended, he was basically kind of leaning that way, like saying, "Like, yeah, we could move back, but when you have a chance to get a a, a, a game changing guy or a franchise changing guy at number six, it's hard to move out of that spot." So, I think they stay at six, regardless of what quarterback or offensive lineman's on the board. But that may not mean that they won't stay put throughout the rest of the draft. I think they'll, they'll still finagle some things around to maybe get a third-round pick. But then again, I don't think they're really – they're not going to try and, and mortgage a whole lot to get a second or a third-round pick this year because, as he stated, they drafted 11 guys last year. That's, right. a, that's a very large class. So even though you don't have a second and third this year, they took probably four or five more guys than most guys did in, in last year's class. That's a good point. Very good point. So we'll uh, we'll see what the Panthers do here. Of course, everyone in America knows what their their uh, their needs are uh, in terms of offensive line. They got to fix the quarterback. Everything else, though, is kind of just sitting there. So let's see uh, what the Panthers do. We still got a little bit of a wait to go before we get to the uh, 2022 NFL draft. And then finally, uh, some news that came across that I was not expecting to see um, came across Panthers wire. Uh Cam Newton might not be done with us, y'all. Like, he might still be an option. Um, this is from Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline. He's basically saying that, uh, well, let me frame this differently. Scott Fitter, the GM of the Panthers, told reporters on January 10th 
that the team would be open to bringing back Cam Newton. But most of the most of you guys probably listened to that and was like, yeah, right, whatever. But <laughs> but it sounds like Scott Fitter wasn't just blowing smoke or sunshine uh, out there. It sounds like the Panthers really are open to resigning him as almost like a, it, it reads as almost like a last resort. So from Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network, he writes, the Carolina Panthers are another team in immediate need of a plug-and-play quarterback. If they can bring one in via trade, they will do it in a heartbeat. Head coach Matt Rule's job is on the line, and he must win this season. Um, in addition to being straightforward, Fitterer is also very thorough in his post. He's op- he His open-minded, in-on-every-deal approaches, therefore, likely one of the reasons why they've been linked to everyone from Deshaun Watson, who last week I heard did not want to come to Carolina. Then like two days later, I heard he was fine with coming to Carolina. Uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, who we talked about last week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in San San Francisco, who we also talked about last week. And I think we both agree we did not want any parts of Jimmy G. Um, Even Gardner Minshew uh, we've talked about. But if they can't make a move for a signal caller, Pauline says, he's told that Cam Newton is still an option for the team. Uh, Cam is 32. Uh, in his exit press conference, he kind of basically said wherever he goes next will be about winning. And that doesn't seem like that's where the Panthers are yet <laughs> this year. But maybe seeing the Bengals go on their run after the two years prior where they I think they won like five games in those two years uh, with a new coach. Um, maybe that's given Cam and the team some thought. To me, I'm, you know, I almost don't want to get dragged again. It's almost like a... It's almost like a, uh, an ex-girlfriend or something that you, you, you're you broken up with, but you, you kind of are in the same places all the time. So you kind of see them all the time. And like, there's something there, I guess, but you're ready to move on. And the, they're still there. They're just there all the time. And I'm kind of at that point with Cam Newton. Like, I don't know if he can be any better than what he was. And I don't trust the Panthers to use him in the manner I think would be best for him. Now, Ben McAdoo might have something different to say about all that, but what are your thoughts here? Because there's all this is going to do is create more smoke. Like it's going to create more stuff for the the the, the Cam Nation uh, of of those that are just Cam Newton fans to have something to cling on to uh, or be mad about when it doesn't happen. What 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 do you think about this? Do you think that there's any possibility Cam Newton is under center for the Panthers in 2022? No, I <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I've been wrong many times before, but. I just don't see it happening. Like like you said, Cam wants to go somewhere where he can win. And when he's at this stage of his career, he wants to go get a Super Bowl. Can you blame him? I mean, the Panthers are not ready right. to win a Super Bowl. And I think the only way he were to come back is if they draft a quarterback. Because I think if they draft a quarterback, that would foreshadow a move of Sam Darnold. Now, I don't know how that would go about because I don't know who's going to be interested, who wants to take up that contract. Panthers probably going to eat a lot of it. But I think that would be the only way he stays because he's not coming back to be in the same quarterback room as Sam Darnold. I'm not saying they have beef. I, I don't think they have beef or anything. But I just don't think it makes sense for either party to to – continue this marriage or I don't know what you say, reunion or whatever, if Sam Darnold is still in that quarterback room because he's younger, he's started the year, he started the year as the starting quarterback, he finished the year as a starting quarterback. It's clear that if Sam Darnold's on the roster, he's probably going to start. And again, Cam Newton is okay with being in a backup role, but I don't think 
he's going to be okay being in a backup role behind Sam Darnold on a losing team. So I don't see it happening because I don't see the Panthers drafting quarterback number six overall. Now, things could change between now and the end of April, but that's just how I see it. And I, I just think it, it's at this point, like, yes, even if, even if they do draft a, a rookie, like there is certain things that I think can could bring to the table to help mentor that young that young quarterback. But I think you just got to move on. Like you can't keep trying to, to hope this guy returns to his form of 2015, 16, whatever. He's not going to do that. He's only getting older. It just makes no sense for this this new regime to continue to bring or to leave a guy around that's not going to be what he used to be. Like, let him go when, try and win a Super Bowl somewhere because that's what the Panthers should do. Like, they screwed up the breakup the first time. They, they made things better by bringing it back. Let him go out and try and get a Super Bowl. That's the best thing that the Panthers could do. I've always felt there's two spots where, well, really three that I think he could do okay. And in one spot where he might get a chance to start, uh, I felt like backup wise, he would be a good fit in Dallas uh, behind Dak Prescott and Baltimore behind Lamar Jackson. Baltimore. Like, uh, you know, that seems like Baltimore in particular. It's, I mean, I've been on record saying the Baltimore Ravens pre- pretty much hijacked the 2015 Carolina Panthers offensive playbook. That's literally what they run. Uh, <laughs> Lamar's just a better passer than Cam was. Uh, at that time, but didn't get credit for it. Uh, he's actually probably faster than Cam was in 2015 also, so it makes it even more dangerous to try to guard him. In Dallas, I just feel like he would get an opportunity to to back up Dak. You know, Dak's probably going to miss a game here and there, uh, so you don't need Cam for a four-game, five-game stretch, but in spot duty, I think he would be just fine. The, the thing with Cam now, as he's 32 years of age, is him finding the right offensive coordinator that knows how to use him uh, because he never got to the point where he could do everything. He kind of still remained that niche quarterback that could do this, this, and this well, this, this, and this average, and this, this, and this not so well. But the stuff he did really well made him a superstar. Uh, that stuff now he just does okay. It depends on the day, really. He might be you know, on because we saw a couple games this year when he was in there where he was dropping some dimes on some rod receivers. So he still can throw it a little bit. It's not every throw so you can't depend on that and i've kind of come to terms on that with cam he's who's one of my favorite professional football players of all time i think i'm just ready for the franchise to move on from him unless they're going to give him a full opportunity to see what he can still do like if they get to the point where they can't get any quarterbacks here they know they don't want sam darnold they don't really have much of a choice if they're at a point where pj walker is the only option (laughs) yes please bring back in cam newton turn over the offense to him let Ben McAdoo sit with this guy. Ben McAdoo worked with Aaron Rodgers and all these other quarterbacks. What could he do with a Cam Newton? But again, that's a trap. I don't want to get into that trap of thinking that, like you just said, that, oh, well, Cam can get back to where he was, not even just 2015, but 2017. It's probably the last good year he had. Um, it was five years ago, you know? So I think a couple of other spots that could be intriguing, and I don't know if they're necessarily fit, but – Philadelphia, because of Jalen Hurts, you don't know if he's even the guy, number yeah. one. And I think there's some similarities to Jalen and Cam. Now, obviously, they're a little bit different, but they're, they're both able to run the football. They can throw the ball on the run. Like, there's some similarities there. I think it would benefit someone like Jalen Hurts to have a guy like Cam in that room. San Francisco could be another spot. Trey Lance, because they know Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a part of the future there. So, why not have another guy – 
that that maybe I guess is a little bit more similar to Trey Lance that you can have in in your back pocket. They do a bunch of crazy stuff in that San Francisco offense. They have Debo Samuel lining up at running back. Yeah, you, you tell me they wouldn't put Cam Newton in the package. So that would be interesting. <laughs> the only other one that I that I just now thought of, and I think it could be a possibility. Buffalo. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, here we go, the, the pipeline again. But, yep. man, I'm telling like, Sean McDermott has a thing with bringing these former Panthers up, and he's still been able to get success or have successful years with some of these guys that were maybe on the decline in Carolina. It frustrates me because it's still the state of Carolina. And I feel like the talent has been drained up north when I'm watching Buffalo, like, defeat Pat Mahomes and being AFC Championship games. I'm like, Half yeah. the roster are Carolina Panthers. <laughs> like, exactly. The remnants of the 2015 team and just kind of built it off of our castaways, and they're playing fine up there. I'm sorry, now, I was just a rant. <laughs> now, now, honestly, now, obviously, he's not going to start in Buffalo. But right. yeah. what I do think it does is it, it kind of takes away some of those situations where you don't necessarily want Josh Allen on the field. Like, if it's fourth and inches or fourth and one, yeah, Josh Allen is way more than capable or, you know, certainly capable of getting that yard. He's done it before. He's able to run the football. They're still going to run the football, even if they were to bring in Cam Newton. But I do think it kind of eliminates some of those opportunities. So it saves some of that wear and tear on him late in the year. I think it would make perfect sense for Buffalo to go after Cam. I don't think I mentioned it, though. Uh, the, the one where I think he could start Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh oh, yeah. get their guy in the draft, because I keep hearing Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis attached to Pittsburgh, if they don't find the guy, even if they do, if they bring in a rookie quarterback like that, maybe you bring Cam in to kind of start the first couple of games, get him acclimated, and then you ease him in. Almost the same role he was in in uh, New England with Mac Jones before they let him go. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, But again, anytime there's a mention of Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, we got to bring it up here. Uh, and address it otherwise it grows into this huge uh inferno that we can't control so we'll, we'll stay on top of it if there's any kind of notes or anything that suggests that maybe cam might be heading back to carolina uh we will be uh, one of the first to let you know follow skyler on uh twitter at callahan underscore for the latest news on the carolina panthers and the charlotte hornets the hornets fighting for their playoff lives in the nba right now at the bottom of the eastern conference uh playoff field um, still got about what about 20 games to go, Skylar. I think for the rest of the season, something roughly after last night, 19. So, yeah, the Panthers need to get, or not the Panthers, uh, the Hornets need to kind of get it together. Uh, you can't win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So, we'll see what they do. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez D E Z underscore 3505 or at Tobacco Radio. Um, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with a brand new edition. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.